0: Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest.
1: Welcome to adventures, Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I interview Mary Hewitt. She is the Executive Director of the Los Angeles County Alliance for the Boys and Girls Clubs, which services over 20 clubs and about 130,000 youths in the LA County area. She does an amazing work with these teens and she hosts uh, annual events like the Teen Summit and the LA County Youth of the Year uh, programs. And we have an amazing talk all around her passion for both these, these incredible uh, young adults, um, as well as uh, blending that with some other passions that she has like travel and how she brought that together to really inspire these kids to, to live a new way of life. And so we have a, a great talk and I'm really excited to bring her on. So without any further ado, Mary Hewitt. So awesome to see you again.
0: I know. It's been a while.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, close, close to 30 minutes or so.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, I feel like it's been a total whirlwind. This whole, ever since COVID hit, it's, it's been nonstop, just complete, this train that won't stop and that's okay. Mm.
1: How has how has COVID shifted what you do?
0: A lot. I used to travel a few hundred miles every week, uh, going to meetings and visiting clubs, and mm-hmm. so it totally it it changed it that way. And then also for collab, for instance, we usually do that in person, and we pivoted at the last minute to become virtual. Uh-huh. And so I I work out of the home had anyway, they closed the office downtown and I have worked out of some of the clubs I used that as my office, but in the past, and it, it kind of just being home the whole time though, where at least three days a week, I was out from morning till night driving meeting with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has changed it being permanently on this track of every day. It's like groundhog day, wake up. It's the same thing. And said, before I had this incredible kind of schedule where, I could say oh great I'm going to be home and I can get all my correspondence done my phone calls but it's difficult you it's it's totally it's changed it's turned convention on its head as you know yeah. for a lot
1: of people Have you seen any like um you know how the 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 kids from Boys and Girls Club how are they handled the whole uh whole new era cuz for us we you know being adults it's 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 different but I imagine it's it's so impactful for kids have you seen any type of psychological shifts or any type of like um things that popped out um from for uh, for the students
0: definitely the I, i think well imagine if you will you are in school one day and it's like a thursday for instance and then they tell you oh by the way don't come in tomorrow and you won't be coming back until we tell you so all of a sudden the kids were didn't get to say goodbye to their friends their parents are all of a sudden home they don't have their prom if they were supposed to have prom graduation they don't have they don't have any closure and all of a sudden teachers who have never been on google classes and do google docs and don't know the first thing about zoom or teaching virtually are thrown into this entire different realm and then the kids are isolated even with their social media but suddenly many of them find themselves in taking care of their siblings at home they're not focused on school because then when they're at school they can be focused on school yeah. and when they're home the all of a sudden they're thrust into a whole nother world that they normally would reserve perhaps for weekends so yeah it's very different it's i think it's uh i think there's also Kids who are in homes with domestic violence are suddenly uh, probably exposed to it a lot more mm. I think that foster kids it's probably been very uh, tough We had one kid in our collab program for instance that didn't have any access to Wi-Fi or a laptop so couldn't participate oh wow and and that was probably and he was to the mentor crying saying I want to be part of this so much. And so we connected Maritza who's on the CoLab advisory board connected mm-hmm. Teresa to iFoster who gives out free Wi-Fi hotspots and laptops to foster kids. So we're hoping we can get him started right away.
1: Oh, that's such a cool service. That's really, that's, a, that's an amazing yeah. thing. Cause it feels so disconnected. I know now, nowadays, I mean, uh, you know, back when I was a kid, like, you didn't really have cell phones, you maybe have a pager or something, but right. now, the the age of like, because um, there's a point where like, if you don't give a cell phone to a kid, they'll get made fun of, they'll actually get bullied, because yes. they don't, they don't have that device. And it seems like such a, a, almost like a necessity where it's getting to like a younger, and younger age. So
0: totally, but I'll, I'll tell you, even one thing that's sadder is that, Uh, for many years I've watched the most brilliant kids I've ever met do their reports and everything on their phones imagine that because they don't have access the other thing we learned is that a lot of the kids at home that were in our program would have to cut out early because they're sharing the laptop with eight people in the house and they don't have a hotspot and it would just go on and on and there's so that's where that digital divide is so important it's so important to ameliorate that you can't stress it enough it's not about the haves and have-nots anymore most people in america we have homes mm-hmm. most of us have a roof over our head at least maybe not the ideal but we have access to clean water unless you're in flint michigan <laughs> but you know or porter ranch but we we do have overall of all the countries I've traveled to and there's been many, the best country, right? And so, mm-hmm. but but when you look at the access to technology, it's huge, it's everything because it's not just a kid having a phone. It's a a kid who that's their lifeline to their friends. That's communication to everyone. It's But it's not just the phone. I think that's not enough. I think they have to have a laptop or a tablet because that is where the real creativity comes in. I use my phone for, it's my lifeline, it's sure it's Mm -hmm. yours, but I'm on this now because of COVID all the time. And I'm way more creative when I have my structure around me and I can see things and pull things and look at them and then research them and go back and tweak things. And there's a creative process that happens and that doesn't happen with a phone. There's just something that's limiting about it, in my opinion.
1: You don't have a lot of space i i feel like right. it's a lot of space like i like i like whiteboards I like to explain things by going on the whiteboards and drawing things out yep. and it wasn't recently until i discovered the the advantages of like a like an ipad with a pencil with an ipad we have an infinity mm-hmm. white space where i have all this white space to, to think and do things i um uh two years ago i was, I was actually in um peru and uh, we actually visited this this um up the mallorca river and we visited a small village for thanksgiving and we were giving out a bunch of um gifts to them right and so we brought a bunch of candies and and things like this and um one of the team members uh they brought um notepads and pens and i was shocked but then i I thought about it is the kids yeah they like the candy everybody wanted a notepad and a pen everybody wanted you realize that, that there is like even beyond a sweet tooth you, like kids have this desire to be expressive to be creative to communicate their ideas down on paper whether it's on digital paper or analog or whatnot and it just it just shocked me and it was a big realization that wow that is something that i like if you give a kid here paper or candy right so, that's so it's right Such it's an interesting thing so-
0: I believe that. And I also think that um, I was trying to change my background, but I guess it won't let me do that. <laughs> I don't know why, but anyway, um, yeah, I think that's so important. The, the things that really matter to kids abroad is astounding. And one of my favorite experiences recently, well fairly recently was we took 22 kids to China for 10 days. Now imagine 80% had never been on a plane. had never been out of the country. And then we had five chaperones and we took them to Shaman University. And Shaman University students, freshmen and sophomores, met our kids. And we put them together for two hours and we thought, are we crazy? What if they don't get along? But within five minutes, they all were doing selfies and they had their phones and they were, they were on WeChat and they would already, and they were all connecting and talking and the um, Shaman University students actually spoke English. And our kids wanted to learn, they were Boys and Girls Club kids, obviously, and they wanted to learn little bits of Mandarin Chinese. So it was just astounding. And I always remember that story thinking, it's not so much about the devices, it's about the connection.
1: 100 percent. all the greatest technologies we've ever met has meant to bring us closer and closer together the airplane the cell phone right. the internet all those things we just we want to be closer to each other even if we're remote oddly enough what how did you like what's the origins of the shaman university how do you guys get connected what was <laughs> the, like, what was, like,
0: So back in 2017, so long ago, everything always seems in life. I always talk to people and they say, how long have you been in the job? And it's like, oh my gosh, it feels like three years, but I'm going on nine. It'll be nine in August. So 2017, I was working very closely with a lot of uh, Chinese companies that were based out of Shanghai, Beijing, and different countries. And I'd been there before several times. So I have a I grew up in hawaii i have this close affinity to nice. asians and love the culture and always enjoyed it and uh and so i was working with the china general chamber of C- commerce of los angeles and we were talking and i said oh gosh you know i've been to china like four or five times but i haven't been there for 10 years and i love china and i was telling them about all my you know going to osaka and kyoto and all these great places and how much i loved even japan and hong kong right. and and uh, I was so fortunate to have been to so many different uh, Asian countries. And so then <laughs> they said, really, and, and tell us more. And I said, well, my vision, my dream is to get a program going, like an international program or getting our kids to China. And so they said, well, what would that cost? What would that look like? And I said, well, you guys are all based out of those cities, right? And in china so why how, what if we just took the two winners the two youth of the year winners for la county mm-hmm. so i'm talking to like six people two bankers two china Cham- general chamber of commerce two people from um one from byd and build your dreams the electric car company oh, cool. and um Coolpad, the uh, smartphone for out of china that's inexpensive and and so there's about six of them around the table. And I said, yeah, I think two kids. I don't know, for let's say 10 days and you'd need one, two chaperones per the two kids. And they look at me and they said, yeah, we, we could do that probably. And I said, really? I said, that'd be great. So I go home and I think about it and I think that was stupid. Who am I kidding? <laughs> two, two kids and I've already been. So I would want someone else to go and have the experience like a chaperone. So maybe a club staff. So then the next morning I call them and I talk to my boyfriend and I said, I just, I'm so stupid. Why did I limit it? It should be all the top six, the six finalists. So I asked them, I have an idea. I want to run by you. Would you meet with me again? So I drive to Irvine from Marina Del Rey. And so I drive over there and I talk to them and I explained to them, I have this whole thing in my head of what we could do and how we could do it. And they say, oh, great. That's wonderful. Uh, what are you thinking? And I said, well, the six finalists, because we can tie it to ABC7, to we media and all of your, you know, businesses would be happy and we could turn it into a, a big international exchange. And, and so then they look at me and, and they said, okay, so six, yeah, we could probably do six. And I said, wait a minute, I can't, I I start leaving after we all agree. And like five seconds later, I turn around and I go, wait, I'm not done. We have 22 (laughs) nominees, could we do 22? And they just looked at me and they went, we'll get back to you. And so I said, here's how I see it. This is where we go. I'll reach out to Disney Shanghai. I can get, I have contacts, you have contacts. We can make this happen and get it all underwritten. So it didn't cost a dime. And I I go back and the next day they call me and they said, five chaperones, twenty-two youth of the year nominees. So that's how it happened.
1: Yay, (laughs) that's so cool.
0: So it was cool. Yeah. I just and I realized don't ask, don't get. Like I realized then at that moment it was pivotal. I learned a big lesson. Aim high. You can always go back. But once you ask small, it's really hard to convince, I had to really convince to build that out and have the story match it and explain why it's important in these kids' lives and how transformative it would be and the bigger impact because these kids are from 20 different areas in LA County and how important it was for them to understand the culture and have that bridge and that universal understanding of compassion and kindness and the entire uh, education of being in another country when these kids it was never even on the radar
1: well it's such a cultural impact I mean there, there's there's so many things there but there's one <laughs> it's such a it's such a cultural impact I mean if you really want to 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 make a deep impression on a youth lives, if you take them out of their cultural operating system to another environment where they don't have the same patterns they don't have the same anything right. and, they're, and they're forced to, to find out who they really are without any of their life dramas and any of those things going on and and interact with these other people it really profoundly shifts them because then they take a piece of china back with them to the u.s and then they're there just changed forever because that that's then burned in them that i don't i don't have to operate this way i don't have to i don't know go to mcdonald's i don't have to do these certain patterns that i'm just so used to here you literally cut all those patterns and that's such a powerful impact to have
0: precisely exactly you were spot on it was
1: (laughs) Hey, yeah, <laughs> no, I was just
0: gonna say they're all they were all so defined by their families and they're they were so restricted and none of these kids knew each other and they were loving and 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 adoring each other by the end of the trip. They were crying when we got back to LAX and they were actually on the plane crying. And they were like, oh, it's so terrible. I, no. I, I want to live in Shanghai, I want to live and I want to stay. And I said, you guys are just crying because you're not going to get any gifts every time you walk in the door. You're not going to get a <laughs> gift and an incredible eight course meal and you know treated like royalty, but uh, they all laughed. And what's really cool is a lot of them are still friends and many of them are now in their junior or senior years and are hoping to go back to China eventually and do a a, a, an internship at either aeg the mercedes coliseum in shanghai or byd which is in um shaman or uh, shenzhen i'm sorry shenzhen and they were they all wanted to go back and work and live there for a year or two all of them said at some point in their lives and they'd never ever consider that
1: That that's so cool well another interesting uh lesson on that front too is is you 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 took two of your passions you know the the Mm -hmm. the the helping the youth right and then you have the international china uh area right and you're like oh that's that's crazy i don't know i don't know if i can dream that big but there seems to be this thing because it because it was so you have such a deep connection with i mean that's i mean that's a lesson that i mean i think everybody learns and keep learning is that lesson around you know am i allowed to bring my passions together can these two worlds that are seemingly separate mix and, and, and am I worthy? Is this dream worthy? Can I do this? Am I in, in looking for that permission? And 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 most people do make that mistake of starting really small. It's just kind of, hey, you know, when it's really got to come out with that big, big booming voice of this is what I want. It's 22 <laughs> kids. It's gotta happen. That's
0: right. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was interesting. It was fun, but so, yeah, it was great.
1: So I'd love to talk about this. Um, um, speaking of dreams, is how you got into CoLab, how you you became, um, you know, on this mission to actually, um, you know, be the evangelist for these, you know, these unspoken voices. Um, I'd love to hear a bit of the origin stories of CoLab.
0: It's so funny. Well, I think uh, about five or six years ago, you know, STEM was everywhere. STEM was ubiquitous and it was the, the big deal or STEAM. And I just remember how from the research, the the amount of jobs that that were available in STEM, 60% of the jobs would be drying up or disintegrating by the time many of the kids finish college. And that means new jobs are going to be created. And when I saw that statistic, I thought, that's terrible. How are we going to have our kids prepared if the schools aren't Meeting, meeting up to those standards, and kids don't have access and opportunity to technology, to experts, to people who want to invest in them, and make sure that they have that journey, like anyone, to discover their path to success, and their bliss, and their passion, and know what their strengths are, and I went to about, actually, it was three years ago, I went to two different networks uh, because they were my big partners. And I said, I have this idea, you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I'm not trying to start a school for boys and girls clubs. But I do think that we could do something with a program that would really help ignite kids, expedite their journey so that they are successful faster, have financial literacy, but also access to experts and opportunity to grow and develop personally and professionally and, and have that bridge to internships, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: they all looked at me and I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? So then I decided, well, I know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna go interview 10 or 15 CEOs. And it actually ended up being like 15. And I said, I, I would just call them or people that I met at meetings or receptions that were CEOs. And I'd say, hey, can I borrow you for two seconds? Just wanna ask you a question. What, what is the most difficult, what are some of the challenges? What is the most difficult thing that you're experiencing with younger people today when you hire them? And the answers were pretty much always the same. Lack of initiative, politeness, being on time, uh, being able to to operate in a team, uh, communicating, creativity, Mm. all these things that are so important. So then I kind of went to the drawing board, started researching all these programs on workforce development, in l.a county yeah and abroad and then realized that i don't know i i I think i'm fearless that way and i just said i'm just gonna i'm gonna start putting together some kind of a treatment i'm gonna start putting together my idea my vision Mm -hmm. my executive summary and build it back down that way then i took all the information and then i went to abc7 and i went to them and i said hey i have this idea and i wonder if you guys would sponsor it and by that i mean come in as a big partner And help us and journalism digital journalism social media could all be part of one of the pillars of the industries that we're going to expose these kids to So I've worked with them for 15 over 15 years and they said yes we will help you, but we need more information. So I wrote up a whole big report and everything and how I saw it and all that then I realized I need an advisory board or some kind of a board, a group of people to help me do this. I'm not gonna be able to do it alone. And ABC sevens great, but they're all super busy. So how can I tap into all these, like have a brain trust, a brain yeah. reserve that can help me do this. So I pulled together like 18 people in the beginning because a few people always shake out other things happen and they have to leave or what have you. And then for, we, I think we met, The first time was like five hours the next time was another five hours and we did this for months it's for like eight months we met every three weeks and we'd meet for hours on end and then it got shorter and shorter but once we came up with the name luke one of our um, advisory board members came up with collab because it meant collaboration collab clubs collab kids and we all agreed and then we we had all these, you were talking about whiteboards, we had boards all the way around the conference room at ABC7, and everybody would write down all the industries we thought were important. Then we wrote down all the soft skills kid needs to know, and then essential skills, and then technical skills, and we just took all this information, and we t- I typed it all up, and put it into this huge like volume, and then we just started trashing stuff that we didn't like anymore, and we just kept pruning, and getting it down, and then we had to come up with a timeline, and how many kids, and how, what is this going to look like? And that's where we are today.
1: <laughs> wow! And that
0: was a year, a, a little over a year and a half ago.
1: Uh, wait, a year and a half ago is when you launched CoLab and mm-hmm. from that,
0: wow. Yep. yeah.
1: Cause because when I saw you, I think I originally first saw you was at uh, UCLA when you had this just gigantic event with all the students and everybody. And you know, we brought out virtual reality. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, at the so, Teen Summit.
1: Yeah, Teen Summit, that's right. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah an incredible vision it's really interesting if you look at that path you look at okay i have this vision i can't do it so i need to i need to find a, a big sponsor a, a big ship you know yep. so, I, so i can float on the sea and then you say, okay okay i'm gonna be on this big ship i need to steer. Okay. <laughs> i don't know where i'm going okay i'm gonna get a i mean a whole bunch of people to help help guide me like should i go left okay we're going left we're going left right and so you got this big ship to move with you in that direction and it's such a powerful insight to say in terms of like you, you have a mission, but people will gravitate around that mission. And it seems about these things, it's not almost about, well, they, they need to figure out technology, technology things. A lot of things that you were describing are a lot of human needs, collaboration, right. things like that. And um, and what I love is the combinations of words. Um, at, at my company, we have uh, our own value systems that we've taken words and smashed them together. And uh, one of them is care collaboration, caring and collaborating at the same time. And so when you saw collab i didn't realize that it was actually smushed together stuff and which is your own meaning because then if you if you took the word like i don't know strength or bravery or whatever it might be there's so many connotations attached to that but now this is your word this is your essence this is this is um a collaboration if you were on an idea which is so beautiful um so i'm sure it hasn't been easy and i'm sure you've gone (laughs) on a journey um what were some things that were you know, seemingly failures, failures that turn into successes or what were some threshold gardens that say that you had to do battle with as you try to make this vision um, become a reality.
0: It's a great question. Um, I think that, well, one of the things that was paramount to the success of the Collab program was to build upon what the clubs were already doing and not replicate because We have 20 clubs in LA County and they all do a a phenomenal job in college and career readiness Mm -hmm. and teen summit was always kind of the master's class level of, if you will, of of college and career readiness and Mm booth and getting kids just to be exposed to a lot of different things, inspiring speakers, motivational speakers, and kind of torque their brains and get them out of wherever they live and in a a completely different world was the concept. So with Colab, we, I think what we realized early on is that it, it all had to be at a much higher level. It couldn't be down at a level, at the club level, then why have it? So it had to be way up here. It had to be something kids, we decided they should be vetted. They have to have a passion, a purpose and clarity mm-hmm. for wanting and, and a commitment for wanting a better future. Mm-hmm. And because if they don't have that, they don't need to have clarity in what they're doing but clarity in their intent. So their intention has to be strong that I'm going to absorb and learn as much as I can because I'm investing in me. I'm investing in my future. So yeah. So the failure, I guess, was that our pilot was great. It was all in person. We did it with 15 youths and we, we wanted to start small West Valley Whittier Club and I think there were a couple things. One, the online curriculum that we had chosen was much more difficult to navigate than we thought it would be. And as adults, it's really, we always think that kids are such ninjas when it comes to like, you know, swipe and and how to structure things and no matter what kind of software, they can figure it out. And heck, some of them can even code You know it just comes naturally sort of and they just teach themselves and a lot of kids are self-taught they just go on the internet and they teach themselves but then we realized that the kids really needed access to technology that was a huge hindrance a huge one and then the the next thing was we also realized transportation was huge parental consent to go on field trips to go to these different places um also food food was a huge thing in person kids are mm. teens uh. always hungry food they're like they're like i don't even know how to describe it they're like a pac-man they just, they <laughs> just eat and you know and they just all day long yeah. so the failures t- gave us everything that we came short of I just came up short we thought in the we got great feedback from them on in the program um We also want to make sure it was fun. Everything had to be, if it's not fun, they won't, they won't be interested and they won't learn. And the other thing too, is we realized some kids were super, super curious and those were the kids that just came out of it, transformed completely different person than when they started. Mm -hmm. And the kids who lack that curiosity just because of either uh, that's their disposition or they, they had so many other things going on in their lives, so many uh, things pulling at them. We realized that was something that we hadn't thought of. So we wanted them to be curious. We wanted them to learn as much as possible. How do you instill curiosity? How do I make you curiosity about, curious about something, right?
1: Yeah, it, it's- it's such an internal driving motivator, right? Because people, there's a lot of things that well, what would make some, you're right. What what is the origins of curiosity? Like curiosity is a, is that almost that self-directed learning, right? Because you are basically moving towards the thing you are interested, and in, you're trying to discover the thing that you're you're curious about. And yeah, I guess it's it is interesting, and you almost want to like you know put out a bunch of things and go, okay, what are you interested in, and just kind of mm-hmm. see see where they move to. And be like, okay, there's there's an interest and there's a desire here, and, and yeah, that's a that's a very good question on that. But it, it also seems like a lot of things you, you're talking about right here. were so you 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 do something and you realize there was a gap. The gap could be technology, so you fill that gap, and then you realize the gap was food because they ate all the food. <laughs> <laughs> and so make Always that. hungry. <laughs> exactly. But those are but those are you just you're filling those needs. But also, if you look back at transportation and technology, they go back uh, again to connection. Right, you know, both both are trying to reconnect these people, and but it seems like a combination of connection and curiosity are those two driving motivators. So they they connect with each other and they go out. Um, and so you since then have kind of honed out to say, look, in order for you to participate in this program, you have to be curious, you have to be hungry, you have to have a desire to move forward, and then you'll. You know, provide that kind of path with amazing mentors, or with programs, or with opportunities for them to uh, do self-directed learning, which is, I think, is, you know, really, really powerful. And um, I noticed because being a part of your collab program, um, you know, one of the mentees I went through um, was a very, um, very smart, much smarter than I was um, at her age, and. <laughs> And, uh, and I was just like, she was very insightful and self-reflective and, and understood things. And she's like, I journaled about that. I was like, that's a, it's a, she missed a meeting and she goes, I'm sorry, Dylan. That was very unprofessional of me. And, uh, <laughs> I was just like, I was like to get a message from a, um, uh, a, a minor about that. I was like, that was so sweet. I was like, no, it's, it's, it's all, it's all good. But, um, but no, <laughs> I it, to a, a great job. I would love to hear, um, some of these uh, journeys of transformation that you've had some of these stories that maybe some of these students that you've seen and you've seen them come in come out and and you know what are some of these journeys that you've seen them go through what have been some of these stories that you've seen um that have 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 kind of uh left an impression on your heart um that that that, uh, that have made an impact on you
0: so i think a lot of it is is well let me back up One of the things that's astounding to me and it ties into a story of transformation is that almost half of our kids that go through our program change the direction of study and or career that they originally had had wanted to go into, Mm -hmm. which confirmed our advisory board's notion that kids go into certain areas or industries or study or colleges because that's all they're exposed to. Think about that. Think about how I think that that really spoke to me that even our first group of kids, our last group of kids just now, the May-June group, the fact that so many of them said, no one ever told us there were jobs out there like this. I didn't even know there were industries. Do you know that we had no kids in May and June out of, what, 35? 30 kids, ident- self-identify of being interested in journalism or being in the social media as a career. And after we had Eric Resendez from ABC7, who is their social media reporter, mm-hmm. uh, speak to the kids. He's super young, did a great job. We had five kids wanting ABC7 internship.
1: Oh, wow. And,
0: and, and one gal, was so amazing that she was just bent on being an artist. When she started, she said, I'm an artist. I love to draw. I'm interested in being an artist. So we know that artistry could be animation. It could be graphics. It could be a plethora of things. And so after uh, after she went through our program, she said, I think I want to be a reporter. I'm a really good storyteller. I could do graphics on the side and make extra money. And she already kind of has in her head artists, uh, graphics. I like doing, you know, kind of like album covers. Remember those? Now she's thinking I could do advertising. I could, I could do that and also be a reporter. I want to interview people. I want to hear their stories. I want to tell the story. So it completely just took her on that arc of Art still creative, but at a completely different end.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's it, you're almost, you're almost helping create new Venn diagrams of interests. You know what I'm saying? So like the same thing you did with you, you, helping kids going mm-hmm. to Asia, right? That was okay. your passion, right? Then you take artists, they only have one circle that they're in. And then all right. of a sudden it's like artists and journalism, <laughs> right? And now you have, you know, says, well, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to slide over to this area that's so powerful
0: like concentric circles right so all of a sudden everything's kind of working together and we had another uh, um marcello who was amazing and he was in our pilot and he said to me miss hewitt i i'm really excited to learn about myself and grow but i want you to know i'm going to be a dentist and no one in my in my family's ever gone to college but i'm going to college he was a senior I said oh okay marcello so then we go through the program, and, and about three fourths of the way through, we took them to a Premier Career College, which is all about the healthcare industry. And we, we, and the kids would love to do drivebys and just do certain things they're interested in. Like, I just want to do music. I just want to do virtual reality. I just want to do that that they're interested in. But the reason we force them, and I mean that not in the pejorative way, but we encourage and really strong-handedly say, No, you can't. You have to go to all of them. Because it's sequential and it builds, and you'll be able to come out of it with a much more clearer picture as to all of the types of skills that are needed for these different jobs, and where you really fit on that arc, and where and what you really need. And you may still have a passion for that, but now you may have found a whole different industry to apply it to, yeah. because right. And so he ended up. We took him to the uh, in Irwindale. And they go through, and it's actually a hands-on, minds-on type of school where you go into, you go sit down, and you have classes. But you also have real uh, exposure to how machines work and the heart resuscitator, you know, EKG, all of that. And so, after that, he said, I've, "I decided I want to be a surgical technician."
1: Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: wow. And that's what I want to be. That's what I'm going to study, and that's where I want to go. And I'm. Determine, and I know it now, clear as day. <laughs> well,
1: that's that's incredible. It's like, the, you know, school originally was, you know, they 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 did the best of trying to give you like general knowledge, but it, there's so many fast-paced things that are popping up now. So many new occupations and things that, and then yeah, unless you really know, unless you get a mentor that can come along and guide you and put you along a track, you're you're never going to be exposed to that. And that's you know, you know, ultimately there's this. There's every hero, or it starts as a little little boy, right, little girl, and they come along, and all of a sudden they come across this grand figure, right, a Gandalf, a, a a flaming knight, and something. they save the town, they do some magic spell, they do something that seemingly is impossible, but then they recognize that seemingly impossible thing, I have a possibility to grow into that, but it's not until they see that seemingly impossible thing do they realize it's possible for themselves, and then they can move into that path. And so that's what it seems like you're doing. So you're exposing them to all these other older heroes or mentors who, who show them magic, right? Is social media magic right. or, or um, was that was a robotic technician? What was that? It was
0: surgical technician, sur-
1: surgical technician.
0: Yeah. I didn't even know there was such a thing, but yeah, it just, uh, that's it's mind boggling.
1: That's so incredible.
0: Yeah. But I mean, those, and, and it's just interesting. It's the pivot, right? It's, it's the, um, but, but more importantly, I think is the personal mm-hmm. growth. The biggest transformation we see is kids who in the beginning don't, don't want to speak up, won't want to raise a hand, won't want to ask a question. And by the end of it, it's, it's consistent. They're, they're all raising their hand. They all have questions and they, they're, they just come out of their shell, which is, I think a huge part of it. And I think it's great. Because in that, in a club, they may not have that ability to, it would be a longer process because there's so many kids, they're defined by their friends, they're defined by how they're perceived. But in this program, we're not interested we're in, in who, how they view you. We're interested in who you are and who you want to become. And there's a big difference, I think, in that. And I think that the personal growth is so important, the self-reflection, the digital portfolios they do, which is really just a, a, a mirror of who they are. But they use pictures and song lyrics and music and all these things they can post and put together this beautiful mosaic of of who they
1: are. Like that's incredible. Yeah. And that's I mean, and so many of them, you know, they they self-identify with these negative stories because they've never been given an option. To really understand and, and reflect back and be able to choose who they who they are now and who they get to become, and and that that kind of mapping is such a powerful thing because no, one, you don't even know it's possible because you become victims of the stories that you tell yourself that you don't realize just are just stories. What do you around the growth? Um, you know, if you could if you could wave a magic wand. And if you could give a skill or an ability or an experience to the uh, to the, the youth of our, our nation, I mean, what do you think are the the most important skills or abilities or experiences um, that would be uh, that that you know would be a ubiquitous thing uh, that would really help them all grow and level up?
0: Hmm. Wow. What a question. That was really easy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> give me the solution yeah. to all life's problems. Come on. <laughs>
0: I wish I was that smart. I don't know, that's a great one. That's a Mensa question. I, I, gosh, I think. Uh,
1: well, I just think you've experienced a lot of, I mean, you've seen a lot of kids come through the programs and you've, you've probably seen, whether knowingly or unknowing, patterns of behavior and patterns of success. And I bet there are kids who who have the will, but not the way they, they want to go on the journey, but they don't know what tools they actually need to go on that journey. So I was just wondering if you've seen Hmm. Any, any ubiquitous tools or insights or characteristics or qualities that if they could hone that skill set, um, you know, what that might be.
0: Well, and, and I hope this kind of illuminates a little bit of what you're asking. I, in our Youth of the Year program, every mm-hmm. year, we, we, the, each club nominates one outstanding Youth of the Year based on academic excellence, character, beer, peer a uh, role model for their peers, and health and fitness and character. So with those qualities, they're judged and they give their three-minute speeches. And every year, it's the same dilemma with judges. If we give it to so-and-so, they're going to be a rock star regardless. But this youth that has been through so much and overcome so much, if we give it to them, which is the accolades, the award, the the everything, the, the scholarships and the and they help boost their confidence because for a whole year they'll be out there speaking for their club on behalf of all boys and girls clubs about how impactful they are and positive for their lives so they people always have that dilemma where they say should we push them to, do we, should we give it to the kid who was great but could use a little more polishing or the kid who's a rock star already and is super polished and impervious to any kind of nothing's going to keep this kid down whereas the other kid may still be in a not so great situation, not have the resilience or the grit to to continue on. And they're a diamond in the rough. And yeah. so that's the dilemma. But I think when you're talking about something so, you're talking about across all youth, I think that the biggest thing is compassion. And they just, without that, because that is your guiding star, I think, to everything because everybody has genius within them, I believe. Everybody has the ability to, they have coping skills, they just don't know it. I think people have survival skills, they just don't know it or they do. And and I think that that compassion being able to, they call it empathy or all kinds of things, but that compassion being able to see that you're not gonna make the world a better place by living in a cocoon. You're not gonna make the world a better place by not reaching out, not being that branch to somebody that needs a hand, somebody that needs an ear, someone to listen to them, somebody to understand their pain. I think that there's a lot of lack of compassion and I, and then the, other, the second thing I would say is i would I would give everybody the opportunity to a great education that maybe that it would even come before compassion because when you have a great education, if you study the greats and you Uh, read history and you see how people helped people and Wanted a better society and focused on all these things and and goes back to Socrates and Plato and all these things where the human condition and people Things haven't changed in thousands of years. We have the same issues when it comes to humans. It's the greed. It's all those things, right? You just can't seem to change within humans. You can change the exterior, but you can't change the heart necessarily And I think with compassion, it brings that willingness to get beyond oneself and give of themselves and be of service. And I don't mean technical be of service. I mean, just be a good person. And I think those things are hard to do when you're in a terrible area and your brother's in a gang and your mom and dad may be on drugs and you yourself could be amazing and know right from wrong but how do you how do you keep yourself and keep your wits about you when everything is swirling around you is toxic negative and telling you to take the easy way out to not study so i think that that's where we have failed kids is we haven't given them that fair chance we haven't given them that shot of being the best they can be because of all these things and and I don't blame the school system I'm just saying it's it's parents it's our our community it's our culture of everybody's just so worried about themselves rather than getting outside themselves and saying how can i make this better what could we do so when i took this job back in 2012 a million years ago i just not really it seems like 2 years ago but anyway
1: <laughs> cuz it's to- it's Technology-wise, yeah, it's been a million yeah, years.
0: <laughs> but but I remember I, said, I just thought, what, what do we need to do to bring access and opportunity to kids to level the playing field and to make sure that they will always know that people do care about them and that we do want them to have a successful future, that even when no one else believes in them, the clubs already do this. The clubs already are that secret sauce. Clubs believe in those kids. Every single kid that I've ever met will say, my home away from home is the club. So my whole impetus when I took this job was what, can, what kind of programs can we offer? Teen Summit, Youth of the Year, of course. Those were low-hanging fruit. But call lab, how can we even the playing field? How can we make sure that our kids who maybe don't know what they want to do, but they know that they will commit and dedicate themselves because no one's going to hand it to them. No one's going to give you, here's your $200,000 a year job. everybody i've ever interviewed ever talked to have worked so hard to get where they are it's insane sacrificed everything my parents did that and i remember how hard my dad working and i just remember every weekend just having his head in in his office just working nonstop, never ever you know just taking a break and just saying i'm just gonna enjoy my kids and i think that maybe it skewed priorities who knows? But what about, you know, kids that are growing up where they're, they they do not even have parents around. So it's right. It's all yeah. these different dynamics we have to be sensitive to and factor in and think, how can we be that light? How can we be that help instigate that change help? How can we help encourage it and foster change within the kids? Because we can't change everybody. We can't change all these communities, but we certainly can change the kids and empower them to change their, maybe influence their siblings, which seems to have a domino effect, which we love. Yeah. We had a lot of kids go through every year Teen Summit. My, my sister went and told me how great it was, so I'm coming. But the same with our Hino collab. My sister or brother went and now I'm in it. I think the best thing you could do is have kids excited about learning, excited about trying different things, And getting them out of their elements, because the elements I believe are what kill you. It's if you're in that drudgery every day, all day long, and there's no one to lend you a hand and say, you know what, I want to help you. What can I do? How can I support you? What is it, Josh? What do you need to be to get out of this situation? What tools do you need? And and what's inside of you right now that that you feel so much angst, you know? They need that. They really need to have that outlet and they need to understand people care. Yeah, and that, I think it's on us.
1: That's beautiful. Then yeah, it sounds like I mean, so much of the thing is that their environment isn't compassionate, and so they're not compassionate to themselves, and then they are then not compassionate to other people, and that creates that that cyclical cycle of of lack of empathy, lack of compassion, you know, uh, all all the, the the negative emotions that are associated with that if you could just remove them out of that an element and then change that one effect. And then you're talking about that, spreading that positivity where a domino effect of big brother tells little sister, little little, little brother. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you start to, you start, cause then you have a, you have a new model because they're yeah. currently just modeling their negative environment. And it's such a, it's such a powerful tool. Yeah. Compassion, but then also that, that, that commitment and drive that ability to make, to be committed with compassion is a very mm-hmm. very challenging, because is the, the grindy you know <laughs> like 1980s stockbroker i'm going to make this happen i'm going to grind <laughs> grind grind right versus like the, you know the really powerful people are those 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 internally driven people for a cause or person the um, the elon musk or the or the people that, that really mm-hmm. go out there to say like they that are driven but also compassionate, and it seems like that's the kind of that one-two combo that is incredibly powerful. That if you could instill that in these kids, I mean, you could you could change the nation with
0: Oh, totally. And I mean, I was really lucky when I was growing up. My mom's best friend lived down the street, mm-hmm. and her kids were all grown. And her husband was a, was a, ran the the you know flew over the farms in Hawaii, the macadamia nut farms. And he was the when they yeah. let down the. Infest, whatever you call it, pesticide and everything. And my mom was so busy. My mom said, "Would you teach uh, you know mary beth to 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 cook? And i I want her to learn how she sucks at math. Maybe she'll learn, you know, she'll learn uh, a different thing. So uh, she took the time, invited me to her house. I had so many wonderful people that they sent me on outward bound when my family didn't want, to, you know, couldn't afford it. They sent me on outward bound. They sent me on all these really cool things to give me confidence
1: and leadership skills what's outward bound
0: outward bound is an amazing organization it's been around it used to be called something different i did it in hawaii and then i did it in seattle again Um, it's a program that helps you find independence it's for kids generally between the ages i would say anywhere from mm, i would say 10 to 18 and they take you out it's it depends you could go hiking, where they took us, for instance, in Vashon Island, and you go there for, you know, maybe three or four days. And it's kind of one of those things where they give you a map and an apple and say, see ya. And then you, you know, and and write write a journal and you have to write an essay every day about what you're learning about yourself or learning about the environment. But, and then they also have team building exercises where you climb the big telephone pole and you're supposed to drop and they catch you. And I mean, all this stuff to build trust and really empowerment and force you out of your shell so that you become a better and a and a and a and a more confident person in your own abilities and less reliant on others
1: mm, that's so powerful
0: and appreciate the environment
1: yeah there's no there's a lot there uh, um, it seems to be that like especially when you push your bounds and you're out by yourself on your comfortability i had one of the first guys i had on the podcast he actually had to do like a a 300-mile uh, hike for the Nat Geo show, Migrations, and so basically it was a. they're supposed to follow the the wildebeest for like 300 miles across <laughs> Africa. And then it'd be a starvation march for 30 days, and so, and he was just, his journal just became a food journal about, I'm going to open up a cupcake stand when I get home, it's going to be so wonderful. But he rewired his fear mechanisms in his brain because he had to go on that journey, and so he wants to give that gift to other people now. Um, he runs one of the largest national... Um, private wilderness schools in North America. Um a beautiful guy, but and uh, that, that gift, he had that gift now he wants to give it to other people. It sounds like torture, but it's really a gift. Um but <laughs> but it sounds like on the outward bound what you did is you, you got to experience something that actually gave you kind of these deep seated character building skill sets of reflective times, journaling an apple and, <laughs> and and you were able to go on this journey. It's, it sounds like that had a, a deep impact on you. That kind of kind of maybe foreshadowed collab and what you're doing today do you feel there's, there's a little bit
0: that? yeah and and the interesting thing is outward bounds they put you you go as a group
1: mm-hmm. and so
0: you learn team like putting up tents and together you have to get food and all these things and and uh and cook the food and clean the dishes and everyone has their role and responsibilities but then they send you out separately so you all disperse and you're on your own and you don't have anyone to talk to and it's there's no phones there's no technology obviously and you, I, I sent my nephew on it for the very reason, and he came back a much more focused and and really loved it. He said it was the best thing he ever did, and he's such a ma- he was such a macho athlete. He exceeds, he excels in all sports, and uh, but he had he was lacking self confidence for a lot of reasons, and so he said to me, "Yeah, I even let the girls braid my hair, like you know, because he said <laughs> I I just was like okay." And he said, "And I I learned a lot," and he roomed with somebody that was of a different culture and different background and heritage and he loved it and he said it was the best thing i ever did he said it just made me appreciate so much
1: wow it's like the it's 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 the bounds of the human condition it is both extremely surviving together while being utterly independent by yourself and being able to go to those those edges to really find yourself and you know finding that that sense of of um, confidence and that sense of fulfillment and that sense of purpose and you know we don't really need a, as much as we do think we we need to have instagram and that's what makes us happy and we need to yeah. spend time there it really is that just feeling that you can add value to the group and being appreciated and appreciating others for the contribution it seems like that's the things that really you know um make us feel complete as as individuals um one of the questions i want to ask you is what's your what's your like holy grail for all of this? like what is what is like what are you striving to do to really um, do you have an end game or an ultimate vision, uh, a go to Mars, if you would, for collab?
0: Mm. Gosh. I think that um, one of the cool things was early on we got the kids paid to go through our program from the county. And now that it's virtual, it's changed a little bit. So we can't pay the kids to, I wanted them to learn, you know, budgeting and financial, good, you know, financial habits and things like that. Um, And then we got uh, the one credit they can get through high school. And that's been great. I think that's been really helpful for the kids to take it seriously, more seriously. I think that I, my, my end game is someday, maybe this could be replicated across the country in boys and girls clubs and, and be not a bona fide school, but kind of like an independent charter. I think we're still ironing out a lot of things. We're still learning a lot of things. It's, it's only been really, we put like 300 over 300 kids through the program in some form or fashion, whether it was teen summit and then the pop-ups we had and the youth of the year, we tied it all to collab. So collab has been front and center since our pilot, we tied it to the Teen Summit this last November at ABC7 Studios, and then we took the Youth of the Year and tied it to CoLab. So as I, as I see this and new people adding to our advisory board and new energy and we have such a great board, I, th- I think that this is only exists because of them. I think they're amazing and the, the brilliance that they had and the foresight of bringing this to underserved minority youth and making sure that it's robust because you can't just say study hard and learn you can't if you don't fix what's up here and get that sense of self know who you are uh, and own it and be empowered and know that nothing can keep you from achieving your dream then the rest is just why bother i believe and so you have to have those other rudimentary things in place before you can just study learn and become this great academic person right so before the kids even go through some of the master's class presenters they have the online curriculum lessons pathways they have projects so then that i think getting that more married and tighter would be better in the future for these kids we're still working on it and i think there's a lot of things we can add to the program we just added that social uh you know collab connection k collab connection connection so it's like social hour for the kids so every week they're going to have half an hour to get to know other kids and the other thing i love is i guess my my whole uh, part of this too that i wanted collab i wanted kids to meet kids from other clubs and become friends so antelope valley meets santa monica santa monica meets um you know Boyle heights lincoln heights and they all become friends and start sharing best practices and ideas and and become friends and and learn how to help each other so my i my goal is at some point as two or three years from now i hope that we have really transformed lives and that they'll be able to go and be creative and create and create something that will solve a problem in our society and help others so i'm hoping that this program instills in them the desire to Hey, I was lucky I got this, you know, I went through this program. I was a boys and girls club kid and the boys and girls clubs really changed my life. They were my home away from home. They were so impactful on who I am today and the collab program, hopefully that'll be part of it and they'll be able to give back. And it's just this reoccurring thing where it'll just keep growing. That would be my goal. If it's really that good of a model. I mean, it has a long ways to go there's a lot of great independent schools and charter schools. So I'm not, I'm just saying that I think building on what the boys and girls clubs already excel at and taking it to the next level for these kids and not just, it it just can't, unfortunately, I don't see this model as being something just for every kid. They have to be at the right time. They have to be ready. They have to want it. it. It's just like school. If you're not, you know, I look back and I think why didn't I study harder in biology? Gosh, you know, we had a NASA, a, a gal who is a NASA engineer, and she's also a rapper. So I had her talk to the kids and I was, before wow. I asked, yeah. So before, she's amazing. And so before I um, had her talk to our kids uh, about a month ago, I watched her, her raps and I was just watching them. And I thought, I, I almost started crying. I thought, oh my God, I, I think my whole life would have been different if I would just known her then, if I just knew that, you know, chemistry and biology—all those things are so easy, really. And the way she does it, it's so easy. It was just like, oh my God, why didn't they have this when I was a kid? But maybe I'm—you know—that's shoulda, woulda, coulda. But it is funny how what you're exposed to is a lot of how you end up.
1: Hundred oh, percent, yeah. And I mean, there's—well, again, there's so much there. Um, but, <laughs> but there really—I mean, there really is. I mean, but you're 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 on the journey you have a path and you, a lot of things you're talking about was fixing the foundation of the kids and you know because people think that we're we're thinking machines that feel but we're really feeling machines that think
0: right exactly
1: so, so fixing it from the ground up with the feelings and then you can work on the thinking you can go up and out from there and again you're just saying why wasn't there another hero at my age to help <laughs> me to where i need to go but that's but that's that's your flag. That's your. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a, you
0: know, I, it's all good. I'm happy where I am yeah, and yeah. I love my job no, and I feel really blessed but, every day. Yeah. But that
1: but that gap though is is important. You you wishing that something like that for you existed makes you want to give that outward. So that is a good thing to have because that is what gives you that drive to actually make something like that to provide that so that you can then say, look, I, I've done my piece here. Now it's your turn. Take it, run. Bring an apple, you know, that <laughs> type of thing. Um, uh, Mary, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you. I, I really do appreciate this. If anybody wants to get a hold of you or find out more about CoLab, um, how do they reach out to you or the or CoLab in general?
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thanks. It was fun. I love getting to know you a little bit better, too. You're amazing. Uh, mind blown. <laughs> so
1: cool. It was super um, fun. No, thank you.
0: Very fun. Yeah. Um, they can go to greatfuturesla.org mm-hmm. and Great futures la.org and that has collab it has a lot about all the different clubs and and all of that and my personal my email is m hewitt m a r y so it's m hewitt h e w i t t at be great la.org b e g r e a t la like be great la
1: Be great. Be great, (laughs) LA. Yeah. Love it, Mary. All right. You have a beautiful rest of the day, and I'll see you soon. Thank
0: you. You too. Thanks so much for all that you do. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the heroes
1: quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.